Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me after a brief hiatus from our podcast but not from all things women's cycling is my dear friend Sarah. How are you Sarah? I'm great. I've had I've had I've been away at the Aviva Women's Tour and it was kind of a different experience. I missed I wasn't at the race this year because um, in the past two years I've been doing the live it's... tweeting. But this year I was doing the live TV. I was doing, well, not the live TV, the, the TV the commentary. commentary. Yeah. Yes. This is literally the first year that you haven't been at the race. Um, and so one of the things that I was keen to, to sort of ask you about is how different was your experience? Because, I mean, if you're not going to be at a race, not being there because you're doing commentary for it is probably like, around number one maybe number one plus of reasons why you can't be there yeah yeah I mean I I was I I was slightly hesitant when I took the job because I love the whole feeling about the race it's just it's just I've been you know it's not it's not the only race I've been to but it is the biggest race I've been to by by miles it's it's even more exciting than worlds I think just because of the connection with people like you know there's there's this thing where you get to that you're just seeing how the how the race village takes over like a street that last year there was one street that was completely just walked from the bottom to the top of it and it was just all race village you know there's something great whereas in worlds they're kind of tucked away in their little in little enclaves kept you know kept away from kept away from the public and so you get the kind of private you get the kind of private public aspect of it yeah and Nothing is like walking up the middle of the starting straight at a start town and the crowds are there and everyone's going crazy and it's fantastic. And you get to kind of, I've always like tried to like adopt someone who's a fan, like a kid or a, or someone and take them around and introduce them to riders before yep. the race, you know, before the stage starts. And that's just lovely because, you know, here's someone who's quite a shy fan or, or, you know, a little kid or, or, you know, a kind of teenage girl or whatever. And you say, Hey, do you want me to introduce you to some of them? And they're like, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can introduce them to, you know, and you can just like say, yeah. Or, or, you know, or like last year at Waltham Cross, two women who turned up in specialized Lululemon kit and I made sure specialized Lululemon talked to them and introduced them to Mariana Voss, you know, like, yeah, like that yeah. sort of thing. Absolutely. It's just... I mean, I can't wait for the year when the race um, is, in Manchester, <laughs> and it you will, can go it will happen. And I was, yeah, exactly. And then I'll be like, "See, they ride bikes like you do," and <laughs> and that will be how I make the girls cyclists. Oh, there's it's so. I I know I use this anecdote a lot, but when I first started, a couple of years ago, even I'd be people would come to me on Twitter and on my and on our site and in places saying, "Hey, Sarah, I." I don't know what to do. My sons say they want to grow up to be Mark Cavendish and Bradley Wiggins. My daughter says she wants to grow up to be Mark Cavendish, but my sons are telling her she can't be a cyclist because girls don't race bikes. Or oh. he, or the, or the man would say, I, I, my daughter used to watch the Tour de France, and she just turned to me and went, "Girls, women can't do this, can they? This is only for boys." And I, please, can you help me? Yeah. And it yeah. used to be, and I used to pull them out clips. I used to find out what they liked and I send them, send, send these guys, send these dads clips so the dads could go, no, no, look at Mariana Voss. Yeah. At, you yeah. know, you, you, you think Cavan Wiggins are good. Look at Mariana Voss. Girls rule the world. And then, you know, and nowadays you just don't need to do that because it's on TV and it's, 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 it's not quite mainstream, but it really is. You know, no no father in that situation these days would have to do that because they just yeah. open um, Pro Cycling magazine or they, you know, or they, or they, or they, you know, they, they kind exactly. of can 
it, it, they're, just... they're part of the conversation now. I mean, they're not as big a part as they should be, but we're working on that. But they are part yeah. of the conversation now, which is great. Yeah. And if you're British and you can't, and, and you're into cycling and you don't know who Lizzie Armitstead or Laura Trott is, then you're really, you know, yeah. there's no hope for you. Then but... we, we, we question how into cycling you actually are. So, yes. you know. So, yeah, it was very different doing the TV. And tomorrow I'm going to be doing a podcast with Helen Wyman because obviously Helen was doing the introduction and the closing segments of the of the, of the TV. So we're going to have a podcast where we talk about our different experiences. So we'll talk about more about that then. Yeah, um, yeah. If Absolutely. you... Uh, I'm, I'm recording on Thursday afternoon. So if you're listening to this before Thursday and have any questions, then hit me up on Twitter at underscore pigeons underscore or send me an email to prowomenscycling at gmail.com and I'll try and get your questions in or answer your things. Yeah. So, and, but, you know, and I do encourage you, the more technical your questions are related to broadcast and, and um, you know, the, the production itself, um, the better. This is this is one of those rare opportunities that you get to ask about what goes on behind the scenes with stuff like that. So yeah, so it was kind of it was kind of interesting because what it did give me the opportunity to do was to come and tweet anyway. Like I'd be, I because we didn't start get to the studio, didn't need to be at the studio till three, for example. I'd get on the train and I'd start common tweeting on the train. I've got to admit one day I was so caught up in watching the race on Twitter I actually missed my train <laughs> and. <laughs> Had to. Luckily, it was a train. You know, luckily it was from uh, where I lived in South East London, round to Clapham, so I could, you know, kind of get on a different train and get on a different train and stuff. But it's like, oh fuck, I've got so caught up in the live tweeting that I've literally missed my train <laughs> that was standing in front of me, and I just yeah. didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, so yeah, so that oblivious. was. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I I can tell you because because I got to the studio exactly on time. <laughs> But if I hadn't, that would have been very embarrassing. So, yeah, so, yeah, it was a really different experience, really different and kind of also, you know, from from, from afar, you know. Um, but, all, but you know, getting to see getting to see the footage of the race because the, 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 the crew were really lovely and, like, explained to me how it worked and how they did it so I could see some of it. And, you know, you get, oh, hey, Sarah, can you identify that rider? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Was was nice it was great too and it was yeah. such a privilege to do like like genuinely such a privilege such a privilege to be able to be involved with it and engage with it and and you know i'm never going to have a word said against you porter because he's a really really generous <laughs> kind person and you know yeah. it was it was yeah. it was fascinating so yeah well, so uh, as a as a viewer you know um i i have to say i mean i i have taken you at your word in in previous years when you've um you know, said that it's one of the best run, best put together races that you've ever seen. Um, this is the first year I've followed the the broadcast package closely, and um, I would I would argue hands down that it's one of the best, most professional broadcast packages I've ever seen as well. You know, I, I think um, they did a fantastic job, not just um, you know with their choice of commentators, but also in terms of the way that they edited highlights that were actually um, narratively structured, like actually made sense of how a stage unfolded and stuff. Like I was really impressed with it. Yeah, and if anyone hasn't seen the highlights, they're on ITV4 um, on the IT. Oh, sorry, so they're on the ITV Hub, which is so they're going to be archived for a month. There's shorter highlights on the the the, the women's tour, the Aviva women's tour uh, YouTube, and they've also mysteriously turned up on the internet. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't publicise them because I work for a TV station. But... <laughs> That's all right. You can find them around is the point. And and as I say, like I honestly, I, I really do mean that. Like it's it's professional quality broadcast, and that it's fantastic to see. It really is. And you know, I think it's it's not. Um, at all surprising that the the Aviva Women's Tour is rapidly gaining a huge amount of popularity in the pro peloton. You know, yeah. riders love going to this race because it's run well, it it works, it's it's fun. I mean, even little things like like you know, we've talked before at length about how they do such a great job of getting local communities and particularly schools involved, but mm. it's amazing to to be watching footage of like the break going through a small village and you can hear as they pass the school kids because all these kids are just let out this massive cheer and stuff and you can hear it when you're coming yeah. towards it because in, in the past years i've watched the race from the front car the commissaire the chief yep. chief commissaire car where i've been tweeting on my laptop um like a lunatic with my backup phone where for when we drop out of signal and you can hear it coming up because they start cheering when the first motos come through yeah. and that is just phenomenal like it's just it's and the race i mean this doesn't happen by accident as well the sweet spot who run the race do an incredible job of of engaging with schools and engaging with communities and so all the time the race is on there are school children events happening on the finishing straight yep. um when they leave when they leave town ta- when they leave the starting town they have cycling events they have breeze breeze rides set up for people to meet and ride to the start or meet and ride to the finish they go through small towns and villages and and there's like cycling events going on around yeah, it so yeah. The race is just the tip of the iceberg. And while I'm used to a uh, structure that goes, okay, we'll have a sportif on one day and then we'll have the race or a randonnée or something and then we'll have the race. This is just this is just like things just happen all around it. And this is one of the reasons why local authorities really want it in their area. Yeah, yeah. Well, because and- it gives... Sorry, please. As I say, because because it gives because it's not just about it's not just about having a sporting event coming through. It's connecting a sporting event to kids, boys and girls. You know, not just girls, but obviously yeah. the girl thing is really important. And it's very very important to, for example, get your whole school out to cheer women going past. Yeah, too. exactly. It's just it's, important for the boys. Absolutely. Yeah, and this is and it's exactly and it's good for the girls. It's good for the boys. It's good for everyone. Then they all have cycling events. It's just it's just you know you have different riders, little kids, kids little kids from clubs leading out the you know leading out the riders you've got it's it's a really 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 and it's so it kind of so local areas want it because it ties right into their missions to kind of get people doing sports but it also means that they can kind of have this real range so you can see everything from the oh well let's just have a gentle poodle around the park um to let's do a breeze ride for you know for yeah. f- for 5k 10k 15k 20k yeah, to club yeah. to clubs getting involved to actual racing so it is you know it's like it's a really yeah. i mean my mum said that reason my mum said that the reason that she started running was because we went to the first ever london marathon yeah yeah and that inspired her to start running and it's 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 kind of like you know that this is going to be the same for cycling that people might not ever think that they can be a racer yeah 
but they can still get on their bike. Exactly, exactly. And this is why, you know, I, I know that there is some, uh, you know, I guess I would call it mild criticism of the race for not having, you know, as a stage race, not having um, a massive climby stage in it. And I yeah. get I get that, you know, and because it's a five-day, you know, five-stage race and stuff, I know that that's also hard to do. But that is literally my only two requests. Uh, one, that, that in the near future there be a stage in Manchester, um, and two, that there be an uphill time trial in the south of Wales near, so I can stay at Kefin Akoid um, <laughs> yeah. cycling well, guest is, house. So, you know. Well, this is the really, really, really interesting thing because I because because the race has had criticism in the past because of the course, because in the first year it was in the very, very east of England. Um mm. in in because and which, that was a that which, was a, if you go to the UK, for for those of you who haven't been to the UK and listening, I know a lot of our listeners are from the UK, but for those who aren't, um the east of England is called downhill England. <laughs> just the slope down bit it's just it's flat it's very flat and but one of the reasons it was there was because it was very made it incredibly easy to access the country from you know from from the netherlands and from belgium you know the transport links were amazing and also that's where they had local authorities wanted it northamptonshire local authority was the first local authority to to sign on yeah to, to, to sign on to the race and then, so you have to kind of build around that. And that did mean there was a limited parkour. Um, it wasn't cool. as flat as, you know, people who weren't at the race said, oh, it was completely pancake flat, and it's absolutely not. But it's, yeah, so they've, so but this... It's, it's so, also speculative, too. That was the first year, you know, like, yeah. like no one knew how well it would go. And it turns out yeah. it went swimmingly well. And so... And then this, yeah, and then the second year, they had to stay in the same area because they'd signed two-year deals with councils. And yep. that's fair. Um I think yep. it's fair that you have uh, totally, that you totally. that you say you, because 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 if someone's actually supported you before you're famous, yeah, you want them to um you want them to you want to kind Damn of right. be. They were the hipsters. They were into it before it was cool. You know, yeah, it's it's the thing. And also, you know, I I totally support. Um, I mean, I bang on about it all the time. The the sort of point that if you're going to establish a new race, you have to be able to ensure that it lasts for more than one year like it can't just be a pop-up race that suddenly appears makes a point and then disappears it's it's got to be something that actually has a bit more permanence to it and actually has something to to offer over time so of course you want you know i fully support part of that being making sure that there is a a multi-year agreement for your partners in getting that up and running absolutely yeah and so, but this year, <laughs> it was so exciting. They were, they completely broke new ground. We had a proper queen stage. We had proper climbing. And I think this race has got better and better every year. Like it's just this year, I, I had high opinions of it before. And this year just blew it out of the water because the racing was spectacular. I was blown away by several stages. Like there were, of the five, there are three that I was just like, wow. Um, and and that's not to say that the other two weren't wow in their own way, but like you can't. I mean, Sarah can literally love every single stage, but I'm <laughs> I'm like you know there were three that for me were just like right up there, um, just in terms of the way they played out, the way they were raced, they were just really exciting. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, I yeah. guess I guess we should start at the top and maybe talk about you know ripping the top off in stage one. Yeah, so we started off with stage one, which was uh, South Southwold to Norwich, um, Southwold, the home of Admin's beer. 
um, which is uh, one of the sponsors, the sponsors of the Best of British, Best of British Riders. Uh, it was 138 kilometres, kilometers, uh, 138 and a half kilometres long. And this is another thing that they do really well because the average, so one of the things sweet, so, so up to last year, if you're running a stage race, the, you have to keep your stages having an average of 100 kilometres of, of 100 kilometers or less yeah yeah so if you have one stage that's 120 kilometers the next stage has to be 80 kilometers in a two-stage race for example yeah now because of the aviva women's tour they've they've pulled that out to 120 kilometers average for world tour races but on top of that they've also because every stages have to be a maximum 135k um they got special permission to have longer stages awesome which is just so cool because you know we want to have good racing. So the problem with stage race with with having a so the problem with having short stages. I mean, I agree. I am a big fan of shorter stages than the men's stages. You know, yeah. no, you will never hear me arguing about 120k stage ever. But but what it means is that you have this problem about how you start the race. You know, you you know you've got to get it from part A. You've got to get yeah. it to part B. You're not allowed to go over these kind of roads. You want to get some good racing in, and you've got to hit some spots that your sponsors want you to do. Yeah. yeah. And so that's really, really difficult, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, 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 of course, and it is of course absolutely, the... it's complex, you know, like you say, there's a lot of things to take into consideration there. And and route planning is not at all easy, particularly when you literally have to plan rolling road closures around them as well. Like mm. there's a mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that, that goes into it. So I, I, I have a huge amount of sympathy for that. Um, and particularly when you're trying to make interesting racing and, uh, you know, and, and it is why for so long we've, we've sort of, you know, been mystified by this, this quite arbitrary and reasonably daft rule that you have to average a hundred Ks and, and your maximum length is 135. Mm-hmm. Like those, those rules don't make sense. And, yeah, yeah. and so I welcome a world in which there are exceptions to those rules. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice, and it makes. And so the first stage was kind of one that on paper would be about sprinters. Um, it had a very, it had a very technical finish, um, but it's kind of. I, I mean, it's not. This is like probably one of the flattest parts of the country you can ever get to. So they start off with tons of attack. Oh, and the other thing I need to say about the, the Aviva Women's Tour, like like all women's stage races, the sprint intermediate, the sprint intermediate bonifications and the bonifications for finishing are very important to GC because the first three riders across the line at the sprint points get an extra three, two, and one second off the general class off their general classification time, and then the first three riders across the finish get ten, six, and four. Right. Stages. So that makes it quite fun. So we start off with um, we start off lots and lots of attacks, lots and lots of breaks. I was really impressed with Park Hotel Valkenburg, small Dutch team, didn't get an automatic invite, really made the most of it. They had I think they had a rider in every major move. Yep, yep. Except and, for one that except for one. And they were just and like quite aggressive early attacks too. Aggressive early attacks. They really went for the Queen of the Mountains on the first day. So Ilona Hooksmar took both the Queen of the Mountains points, which was hilarious. You know, she's Dutch. Climbing isn't her biggest thing. But hell, that gets her on the podium at the end of the day. That gets Park Hotel Valkenburg TV time and sponsor time. It's, you know, God damn it. Good. No arguing. So we have um, uh, um, some, some lots of attacks. Nothing gets away. And then at 117K, Alison Tetrick goes. Now... We find out later that Ali Tetrick, because she was involved in a crash in the beginning of the day, Ali Tetrick had cracked four ribs. Which, 
um, as we've discussed previously, is what is technically known in the medical profession, and I, I know this from several doctor friends, um, known as really fucking painful. Really fucking painful. Ali yeah. Tetrix attacking by herself, and at 118 kilometers, she gets 35 seconds. 10k to go, she's got one minute 56, and the peloton aren't working at this point because they're looking at each other and chasing each other down, you know, being annoying. So, literally, you have the, 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 women's professional peloton having their asses handed to them by a woman with four cracked ribs with four so. cracked ribs um and you know ali tetrick she's racing for bit she had i looked her up ali tetrick had this horrific crash she was uh, she started off even her, her granddad was a cyclist and apparently still wins his age group national championships classifications in his 80s um in national championships her dad was a american footballer who turned mountain biker but ali tetrick started off doing other sports until she was then she became triathlon and she was picked up in 2008 in 2010 she had this massively traumatic head injury like like a really bad crash broke her pelvis and had a traumatic Ooh. head injury so it's amazing she's back cycling. Yeah. She's also, when she's not on the bike, in her off-season, doing a PhD in neuro... Oh, I've got it written down. I'm going to have to actually say the word. Um, doing a PhD in neuropsychology. Right. With an emphasis on concussion and what and how concussion affects your neuropsychology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Women's cycling is just riddled with underachievers. It's fucking disgraceful. <laughs> So she's a time trial specialist. This would have been, if, 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 she, if she could get to the end of this, this would be her biggest, biggest win of her career. So she's riding there and it's like 10K to go, 156. 6K to go, 132. 5K to go, 110. 2.5K to go, 45 seconds. 2K to go, 33 seconds. Jeez. And and it's coming in. So so it's been, you know, as a time trialist, she's basically doing a 20K time trial. Yeah, but yeah. the end is all these very, very tight technical corners. And... It's like so that's that's like playing up the peloton because the peloton is now chasing hard. There's a really big crash before one kilometer to go at the back of the peloton through these ends. But you're watching it and you see her coming around the corner. You see a Victoria neutral service car. What the actual fuck, Victoria? Yeah. Getting in the way. And then at 200k to go, she's passed by Christine Mayerus and Mariana Voss. Fuck. 200k to go man 200 meters 200, i believe 200 meters 200 yeah. meters sorry 200 yeah. meters to go that's just ridiculous yeah it's yeah just... oh oh what a kick to the ovaries oh, oh my god shit. oh my god like just 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 i mean to be fair i think in britain we probably prefer her to get caught at, at 200 meters to go because you know she's a plucky loser oh my god how hard she <laughs> oh my god she had four cracked ribs <laughs> So, but but yeah. the thing is, is when when Voss and Mayerus come around the corner and catch her, the Vittoria car's there. Mm. She's there. Mayerus, um, Mayerus has done something to piss off Voss because Voss she's she's impeded. I think she's impeded her line or something because right. Voss crosses the line, pointing at her, going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> in a Voss in a Voss line. And then in in typical Voss way, where there's an interview, when the interviews afterwards, she's alluding to there was a race incident that meant I couldn't, you know, get to the front. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very Marianne Voss way of, of because you know she's so nice. She's a very nice rider. She's the yeah. last. She's not going to get involved in polemica. Well, but yeah, so Majerus wins. It, Voss it, second. It's one of those things like you know how we, we often laugh about how uh, famously plain spoken the Dutch are. Um, yeah. But Voss is somehow able to magically. It's like it's like her you know 
um teleporting herself to avoid grates in the in the road and stuff like yeah. like she's somehow magically able to be very plain spoken and everyone knows what she means without actually saying anything really mean <laughs> yeah 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 so it ends and because Voss has e- because Voss had eaten up all the sprintermediate points it finishes with Majorus um one second Voss Majorus in GC lead Voss one second behind Bronzini six seconds, Leah Kirchman and Gracie Elvin seven seconds, Lizzie Armit said eight seconds, uh, sorry, Chantal Black eight seconds, Lizzie Armit said nine, Marta Bastianelli ten, and then everyone else on ten seconds. You're like, yeah, shit, fuck me. That's a good, that's how I want my stage race to start, really. Well, and exactly, like, isn't that just one hell of a, a stage one result? I mean, absolutely gutting for Tetric, but oh, you know, I, you as know, you say, though, like, it is also like, boy, that's a, that's the that's the you know no need to harden the fuck up from that like that is as hard as fuck as it is so she said i did, she she pulled out on the final stage i think and i hadn't realized because we kept seeing her off the back of the bunch all the way through and go oh she must have really cooked herself in the first stage but yeah. no she was riding with four broken ribs and and she said she she kept thinking she should go to the doctor but she didn't want to worry anyone and blah 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 and you're like sorry i'm just taking taking my hat off to you man that's crazy yeah so, yeah yeah yeah. So stage two. Stage two is um, the longest stage ever, 140 kilometers, um, breaking Atherston to Stratford upon Avon, the most easterly point of the race. This is proper racing country. This is the Cotswolds, proper climbing country. Tough, tough as fuck. It's like it's yeah. This is this is um, this is interesting, and and this is like the the kind of signal that this is where the stage this is where the stage is going. So we it's it's. Um, Ah, so good. So it kind of starts off, they go through Meriden, which is the um, middle, the exact centre of the UK. And it's got a memorial to cyclists killed in the First World War, because apparently um, they had recon cyclists who'd who'd cycle ahead and see where the enemy were and cycle, cycle, cycle back. And apparently the first combatant to be, British combatant to be killed in the First World War was a recon cyclist. Okay. And every year there's every year there's like clubs do rides to Maryland yeah, to, yeah. to lay to lay reefs on the on the on the cyclist memorial, yeah, yeah. which is you know, uh, I think that's touching. So it is, it is, yeah. So and it's terrible weather. It's kind of the typical English summer weather, you know, completely deluge. So so, so like three degrees Celsius and and pouring rain. Yeah, tons of interesting stuff. And I'm always interested in climbing stages because although the climbs are important, I feel like the descents are even more important. You know, this is often where we see people going and people attacking because, yeah, you just, it's just, it's just interesting. I'm interested in it. So um, tons of attacks, of course. Amelia Forleen, who seemed to attack every day, um, just, just, just. Just fantastic. Amelia Forleen doing that thing of, yeah, I'm going out. You can chase me if you want to. It's good for my sponsors. It's good for my teammates. I'm there. And courts, lots of attacks. Katie Hall, um, young American rider. She's only in her second full-time year of um, season of of, of racing, I think. Very, you know, really one of my riders to watch out for. Um, She picks up the Queen of the Mountains points. Lots and lots of attacks. And it ends up in a late stage attack with... um, Amelie Diederichsen and Malgazatza Jasinska. Now, Diederichsen is very young. She's two times junior world champion. And while I think of her as a sprinter, I also remember that she won the Trofeo da Moreno, which is the junior 
Trofeo Alfredo Binder. So she can climb too. But she's out there in the front because Balls Dolman's, um, you know, riding for riding for um, Majerus. Yep. And Jacinska is another Ale Cipollini rider. So they ride out, they're escaping and escaping, and they go before the second Queen of the Mountains, and they take the, those Queen of the Mountains points. And obviously Jacinska's a really good climber and a time trialist. And you're watching them get away, and it's again, it's the same thing, you know, at... Um, at at seven kilometers the peloton's 45 seconds behind them and at five kilometers it's 25 seconds behind and at three kilometers there are lots of attacking and they get caught and they get caught by a group of roughly let's say um 28 riders 26 riders so you have 28 riders coming into the finish and it's a sprint out of those 28 and amy peters of wiggle high five wins ahead of lisa brunauer and mariana voss wow and uh, Peter says later that she was actually trying to lead out Georgia Bronzini, but oops, <laughs> she said the first thing she said afterwards, I'm sorry, Georgia's like, don't be stupid, you won. <laughs> you ah! won, yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is quite interesting because the Aviva Women's Tour was criticised in the previous years because I think only one breakaway, like like breakaway thing, has ever has ever worked before because for some reason they the breakaways tend to get caught within the last 5K, but often in the last 1K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, ah, oh, this is this is fascinating. But but that top group, so if you've got like 27 riders, so you've now got 27 riders. And out of that, that's basically 26 in contention for uh, the GC. So you've got like Voss leading, Majerus three seconds, Peter's seven seconds. And then from 10 down to 27, you've got like all of those riders on 17 seconds back. And you look down and you're going, huh, is that... Is that all of Wiggle High Five <laughs> in, that, in, in contention there? Is that how many Bulls Dolmans is? Oh, that's a lot of Bulls Dolmans in contention there too. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah this, this, is, this is looking interesting. But like there's, the, there's this really, you're like, oh, this is going to be everything to play for. Absolutely. And stage three is the Queen stage. And that's Ashbourne to Chesterfield. This is in the Peak District, which... If you don't know England, we have the Lake District, which is very famous, full of lakes and mountains. And the Peak District is in um, Yorkshire and Lancashire and places like that. And a little bit further south to the next place I've completely forgotten, Derbyshire. Derbyshire, sorry. Um, and it's it's like in the middle of the country and it's like got rugged, beautiful scenery and it's got lots of hills and it's stunning. It's it's stunning. It's, it's the Peak District and the Pennines are just beautiful. They're, you know, very... Oh, it's lovely. And I'm just to have a women's race going through the Peak District is just. Oh, I, if you'd have I told guess it me, reduces you to speechlessness. Yeah, to speechlessness. <laughs> and if you'd have told me, like, even five years ago, that we'd be looking at a women's race going through the Peak District, I'd have just been like, going, no, no, you're winding me up. No, no, you're definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely trying to wind me up here. Hey, you're not, don't like, promise me this best of all possible futures. Yeah, are you teasing me right now? Yeah, this isn't fair. Exactly. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, don't, don't offer me things you can never have. So, um, yeah, so it was, uh, it had two Queens of the Mountains, four more climbs steep technical descents between the climbs too so uh it's you know it's 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 really really hard lots of action and and again the descending really important so we end up with a a break that go you know after after the early after the early attempts we end up with a break and the break 
has in it um, Katie Hall and Amanda Spratt, who are both 17 seconds back on GC. Yep, yep, yep. And you're like, huh, huh, that's interesting. That's that's quite that's quite that's quite an interesting thing. And they've gone out sort of after the after the fifty kilometer stage, and this is like one hundred and nine point six. So they're out there in a break with um, Rosella Ratto, who's a great. So no one else is like anywhere near on GC, but they've got yeah. Rosella Ratto, who's a really great climber, and Clara Kompenberg, who's been climbing really well this tour. You've yeah. got Chantal Black and Lucinda Brand, who are like the queens of breakaway riding, just yeah, just delicious yeah. to watch any time in breakaways. You've got. Um, Hannah Barnes and Yodin Dora, who are two of the best sprinters in the world. Roxana Kanateman, who's just another kind of attack queen, super wonderful. And Yannicka Ensing from Park Hotel Valkenburg, because of course there's a Park Hotel yeah, Valkenburg. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so they get away and you're like, huh, I because I mean this is the interesting thing, because at this point in the race, with so many riders within 17 seconds on GC, the idea of having a race without like without um without without GC riders is just is, is hilarious. But yeah. I'm slightly surprised they're allowed to go. Because um while Katie Hall is new to the Peloton, Amanda Spratt certainly isn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or Lucinda Brand. Oh. Oh, I know, I know. And Brand's attacking out of this group. It's fantastic. And they get to the second climb of the day, which is so hard, so hard. And on this second climb of the day, Ashley Mulman Passio attacks out of the chase. And only Elisa Longo Borghini can kind of keep up with her. And Lizzie Armitstead just jumps onto their wheel. And Lizzie, I mean, it's Armitstead, it's quite hard to see whether she's going to actually catch them or not because she's really suffering on this climb and it's just this beautiful thing to watch because Mormon and Longo Borghini are trading turns and Armit said is just suffering trying to reach them but you're like hang on a minute how the hell has this happened yeah. because, you know like this isn't possible because at this point um at this point in the in the, in the GC, obviously uh, Mariana Voss is leading. Armitstead is sixteen seconds behind, but Elisa Longo Borghini and Ashley Mulman Passio are both seventeen seconds behind too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How has this been missed? It's just amazing. Like we're sitting here, how has Mariana Voss missed this break? And it's just because it's so hard, and they pushed yeah. so hard. Now, at this point, I started to worry about Voss because she's been out. You know, she was out for all of last year yep. with. Um, First of all, injuries, and then she was having problems recovering yep. because yeah, of... exactly. And and while she's you know been been progressing with her racing and had a couple of victories, you know, you, you do immediately begin to worry that you know she's pushed herself too hard or or something yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And yeah, maybe has got an injury flaring up again or something. Yeah, because although she was in the Amgen Tour of California, which was, I think, her first tour, or maybe she was in another tour before, but this, you know, she's the Amgen Tour of California. But that's like a road race, a TTT, and a crit. Yeah, and and that's not, not that's not that's not going to tax your recovery. But yeah. but you know, having done a really long stage on stage two, and now into the Queen stage, I was really really worried about Voss at this point when I was watching on Twitter because I'm like, I don't want Voss to. I, it's not that I want Voss to win. It's just I don't want Voss to lose because she's sick and also i mean i i don't know about you but definitely for me in the back of my mind is i don't want voss to be in trouble for the olympics like yeah, yeah. i i want her at, at rio like yeah just... yeah i want voss i want it to be the best riders in the world yeah i want her. i want a voss armistead showdown all guns blazing like oh like, yeah yeah so with 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 alisa longo borghini ashton and passio and mariana voss coming up 
Lucinda Brand attacks, starts attacking out the front of this country. <laughs> Hell no. But they can't do it because they're caught. So you now have, and, and whereas Spratty and, um, whereas Spratty and, and Katie Hall have been the virtual race leaders, yep. now Mariana, no, sorry, now Lizzie Armitstead is the virtual race leader. Mm, mm. So you're sitting there going, in this group, Armitstead is the race leader, Longo Borghini and Ashley Moon Pasio and Katie Hall and um, Amanda Spratt are all just one second behind her. Yeah, yeah. Now in that break, of course, um, uh, uh, Chantal Black is a teammate of Lizzie Armitstead. Yolene Dora is a teammate of um, of Lizzie Armit of of, of Elisa Longo Borghini, Longo Borghini, and Clara Koppenberg is a teammate of Norman Passio. So you know Spratty's the one who's like who's kind of by herself there a little bit. But it changes everything, and you're sitting there going, "This is crazy!" And apparently behind them, Rabo Liv is driving the chase something chronic. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of know that. In that break as well, they've also got Brandon Knatemann, who are Rabos, who are now not going to be working together to keep that group going forward. Yeah, You've got yeah. Hannah Barnes. Hannah Barnes isn't going to be working very hard because her teammate, uh, Lisa Brunauer, is up there for GC. Do you know what I mean? And it's just it's just fascinating. It becomes fascinating to watch. So they're chased and they're chased. And you're like, wow, is this going to be the break that makes it? And again, you're like, oh, 19 kilometres to go, 47 seconds. 15 kilometers to go, 57 seconds. 10k to go, 4k to go, 52 seconds. 3k to go to to go. Um, 40, you know, 40, 47 seconds. What's going to happen in this one? It's crazy. And what happens out of it is it is it between is between 15 seconds and 10k is that Lizzie Armitstead, Elisa Longo Borghini, Ashley Milman Passio, and Amanda Spratt have attacked. What? And they're steaming, steaming in. The final kilometre has four corners. The penultimate corner is something like 8 to 10% descent into a 90-degree corner. It finishes on 300 metres of cobbles. To say that it's a technical finish is to slightly... Um, yeah, to slightly understated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like I said, breakaways do not generally succeed in this race, mm. except this one does. And Lizzie Armitstead wins with Mormon Pastio and Longo Borghini coming in together with her, Spratty three seconds behind, and Mariana Voss coming in in fifth, 30 seconds behind, leading Whoa. up a group of around, um, let's say, 30, um, like 30 of, of about uh, 25 riders. Yep, yep, yep. So how did that all then shake out on the GC? Because that's got to have turned everything well, on its head. this means Lizzie Armitstead is now taking over the GC. Ashley Mill and Passio, five seconds behind. Longo Borghini, seven seconds behind. Spratty, 14. Voss, 27. Majerus, 32. Peters, sorry, Majerus, yep, 32. Peters, 37. Leah Kirchman and Lisa Bernauer, 41. Gracie Elvin, four, sorry, Elise, uh, Georgia Bronzini, 43. Gracie Elvin, 44. And then still... Um, like the top 20 riders, the next bit, there's yep. a little group that yep. 47 seconds behind. Wow. So we've, we've, we've cut, we've culled the number of riders who are in contention, but still, holy shit, we've got like, like, like 20 yeah, riders with, if there's something like 22 riders, no, 24 riders who are under a minute, who are a minute yeah, or under yeah, away yeah. from the lead. And, and uh, I mean, you've still got, you know, roughly 10 riders who are, who are a realistic shot at a podium there. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And it's, and it's, and it's particularly interesting. So Lizzie Armitstead had been wearing the Adnams Best of Best British Rider fin- Rider jersey because she'd yep. been finishing around thirteenth or something. 
I don't think that Lizzie Armitstead is the type of person who likes wearing a jersey for being the 13th rider. I think swapping that for the yellow jersey was just like, that felt good for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think this is a really interesting thing because Lizzie, in the first in the first year the of Evil Women's Tour ran, she had to pull out sick. Last year, of course, she won the first stage and then had this crash when mm. she took her both hands off the handlebars and just yeah. spun out of control. So... For Armit said this hasn't been a lucky race so far. So you're like, wow, will the will the yellow jersey hold it? Yeah, yeah, it's the third time the chance. So, and also, I mean, because you've got to know that. I mean, not only is she chasing hard on on the the end of that stage, but you just know, you just know that after having missed that break and then having had to drive like crazy, Voss is going to do her damnedest to win the next stage yeah yes yes and 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 not to mention how good um the riders have been at, at uh at getting out i mean ashley Moon passio's attack to get you know ashley Moon passio's attack to get away longo borghini spratty in the last you know no one wants to they knew out of that group that armitstead had the best had the best chance of winning in that technical finish out of yep. that group spratty still tried to attack you know, Norman still tried to attack. It was they all four of those riders were fantastic in that break. You do so have like... to love a sport that basically the unofficial ethos of is when in doubt, attack. Yeah. 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 So two more stages to go, and you kind of like, wow, it's it's you know it's going it's going interesting, and and, oh. and plenty of fireworks left to to be let off. Yeah. 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 Now, stage four is Nottingham to Stoke on Trent. Um, I want to give some big love to Stoke-on-Trent. It's a city that has a <laughs> an interesting reputation. If you said normally in a general context, I want to give some love to Stoke-on-Trent, people would look at you going, really? <laughs> it's, you know, it's a city in the Midlands. It's just, there's not much, um, there's, what, I'm sorry. What, anyone tell us, what's it, what's, it, what's it known for? I mean, I'm sitting there in stunned Potteries. silence. Potteries, it's thinking, known for potteries. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense to me because because I was, you know, partially... Um, you know, after what you just said, you know, reverting to teenage boy humor, um, and and Trent being stoked, but um, clearly how that's do you, how do you how do you how do you how do you stoke a Trent? I I don't know any Trents, so and I think I'm glad um, now that you're asking that. Um, See, I'm glad I, I'm just glad I wasn't a teenage boy because I want to say <laughs> the word stoke doesn't have any connotations for me. I kind of think of stoking engines and things like that. Yeah, but let's not go there. Yeah, I don't think this. I think this is the wrong podcast for that uh, that particular story. So I think um, I'm much more comfortable with pottery and and whatnot being from there. Not least because when I recently visited my family, that was where my sister in law went. So I'm I'm relieved that she was there for the pottery. So ah, well. The reason that we love it is because Sweet Spots, who run the Aviva Women's Tour, ran their first ever women's race in Stoke-on-Trent back in 2010. And this was a round of the tour series. It was sponsored by Matrix Fitness, um, who are a Stoke-on-Trent-based based company. Um, sorry, Johnson's Health Tech, um, also, also who's Matrix Fitness is one of their subsidiaries. And I would say that it was because without them going to uh to without them having that race in Stoke on Trent in 2010 you wouldn't have the women's tour 
and, yep. and this is also you know Stoke, so Stoke, Stoke on Trent as the city, and Stoke on Trent is the European city of sports 2016. So it's kind of like it's a what? you know Stoke so on like Trent, all, all sport in Europe this year has to happen in that city, or it's it's a European thing. Um, we're not going to have these if we <laughs> please this, everyone vote tomorrow. Is this um, like Eurovision or something? Like no, it's it's like no, there's there 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 are various European cities of culture, European city of sport, Europeans. Uh, we were the Bristol was the European Green Capital last. Last year and it just means that you have um it's an excuse to kind of promote your city um around and you know it passes from country to country and city to city and they have events i think manchester is the city of science the european city of science this year oh right okay so they have these things they're basically like you know part tourist things part promoting the town and it's just again an opportunity to kind of say right this year we're really going to try and get everyone engaged in some kind of sport or physical activity it's it's a really nice thing but yeah, it's uh, it's um, mm. yeah. It's, well, hey, and so congrats, Stoke on Trent. That's uh, yeah. that's awesome. Good on you. So the course starts relatively benignly. So the first fifty k, you look on the map and they're gentle, and then it becomes rolling, and then within the last, th- then at thirty five k to go, they have the fir- the second sprint point of the day, which is fun, and then with twenty six k to go, they have the start of the first Queen of the Mountains, and what happens is you go within. First Queen of the Mountains, really steep descent. Then the second Queen of the Mountains is some is 4K after the first one. <laughs> and then they have a 20K run-in. So it's like, huh, we've definitely back-ended all the action here. This is going to be interesting. But it's also, before the race started, I'm like, yeah, this is one of those finishes that I look at, look at and think of Emma Johansson and Lisa Longo-Borghini. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like it's it's like that thing of just relentless where you go, right, sprint. So everyone everyone hassles, hassles up for the sprint point because you want those, you know, we really want those bonnies with this yeah, kind of Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and when it's so close, um, you know, that can that can literally make the difference between getting on the podium for the final yeah. GC or not. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's so much fun. So much fun. They start lots of attacks and Lelia Fauline attacking again. Um, at 87, you know, lots of attacks, lots of court, lots of catches, blah, blah, blah. At 87 kilometers, there's a big crash, which takes out Voss, Anna van der Breggen and Lucinda Brand. Oh, and- shit. And yeah, and that's bad. And um, yeah, it's been hard. Oh, and Christine Majerus has been involved in a massive crash early on in the day. And you can see her kind of chasing, you know, working, you know, getting, getting working hard and you know, coming back with like blood all over her and, you know, hard. Oh, wow. yeah. So big crash at A7K at 95 kilometers, which let me check my notes, is after the first after the first sprint point, but after the first mountains, but before the second mountains, there's an escape. The escape is Lizzie Armistead, Ashley Moon Pasio, Elisa Belongo Borghini. Bloody hell. <laughs> same group as yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same group as yesterday. And Emma Johansson kind of follows onto them and catches them. Now, Mormon is eight seconds behind Armistead. Elisa Belongo Borghini is 10 seconds behind Armistead. And, and Emma Johansson's 50 seconds. And Johansson and Longo Borghini, of course, are teammates. Yeah, yeah. So they pound over the second climb. And you're like, again, going. And because we didn't, in the comms, we didn't know that Voss had crashed. Like, it wasn't reported anywhere that Voss had crashed. So we're like, why has Mariana Voss not made that break? Well. (laughs) And you're like, 
so Lizzie Armit said is attacking out of that group because she does not want to come to the line with both Longo Borghini and Emma Johansson no, because that's no. you know that's that's a bad scenario for her but they will not let her get away. So at 15k to go, there's like 16 seconds, yeah, and then a group of 16 come after them and manage to chase after them. This group has got four Bulls Dolmans and two Wiggle Honda High Five Riders. Right. So basically, it's a group of ten. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and the group of 10 has two lift plan three lift planter leah kirkman who's been fantastic flirty mckay who's in the best young riders jersey yep. molly weaver who's just been an amazing incredible domestique and canyon's got lisa Brunauer, who's up there on gc2 amy elusic and cromwell um green edge has got spratty and gracie elvin yep and then there's one rider from la malgozatsa jasinska and one rider from rabo mariana voss wow so you're like, Voss is in a little bit of trouble in this group. Yeah, That's yeah. quite hard. And it's pounding away. Six kilometres to go. They've got 18 seconds. Four kilometres to go. Canyon are pushing really hard. It's down to 10 seconds. At two kilometres to go, it's like a 50-metre gap. At one and a half kilometres to go, it's like a five-second gap. Tons of attacks. Lizzie Armitz is attacking from the front. Nikki Harris is attacking from the chase. In the last kilometre, there are caught. Attack! Mariana Voss wins the stage. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> oh. Mariana uh. Voss, Leah Kirchman second, Emma Johansson third, Amelie Diedrichsen, who again, I'm so, there's so many riders who impressed me in this race. Leah Kirchman, she didn't, you know, she's, she's at this point, she's, she's really working hard. She's really stepping up. Amelie Diedrichsen, who's an incredible killer, wonderful, worth her weight and her bike's weight and her mechanic's weight and her car's weight in gold for Bulls Dolmans. Um, I am so impressed with Danny King, who's up there, Nikki Harris. So you're looking at it from a British perspective going, huh, who are some of the greatest domestiques here? Danny King, Nikki Harris and Molly Weaver. Yeah. I'm yeah. buying that. I'm yeah. buying that. Like just, oh, like just, but Mariana Voss winning the stage after being in that crash and just, and you know, it's like, oh, we don't need to worry about her. We don't yeah. need to worry about her. She's well, absolutely fine. not. Exactly. And and that's the thing, you know, like, like having missed it on uh, stage three, um, and then having a crash, like clearly, clearly Voss is, is back to Vossing. She Vossed all over the place. It yep. was great. So Armistead's first, Mormon Passio's eight seconds behind, Longo Borghini's 10 seconds behind, Voss is 15, Spratty's, uh, Spratty's 17, Kirchman's 37, Peters is 40, um, Brunau is 44, Johansson's 46, Gracie Eldon's 47. There's a group of more at, um, at 50, and basically, we're still on the 16 riders within one minute on GC. Bloody hell. Well, I guess that means there's a lot to ride for on stage five. Oh, yeah. Starts off with a problem. There's a problem for um, Lizzie Armitstead because Christine Majerus has pulled out because of her, her injury sustained in the crash. Anna van der Breggen pulled out in you know during stage four. And Lucinda Brand and Shari Gillow don't start because Brand is injured and Gillow's sick. Yeah, yeah. So that leaves Voss only supported by Roxana Kanateman and Anuska Costa. Yeah, yeah. And given how this race has been so aggressive and so so hard fought, that's a tough, tough position to start the last stage in. Yeah. Um, and this is a sprinty stage, and I have to shout out to High Tech, who were super unlucky. They lost; five, they had five riders go down in the crash in stage oh. four. 
And I think they've been crashing and puncturing and having a really bad luck. So although there was a bit of a Viking in- in- invasion from Carl Lima, mm, um, mm. yeah, it was, um, it was, yeah, it's, so you're looking at the sprinters. This is, a, so you're thinking, right, so there's so much to go for. Every team should be attacking Bulls Dolmens because every, t- every big team, I should say, like, you know, not like this, you know, when I talk, say every team, I mean, you know, your Cervelo, Wiggle, Rabo, Green Edge, Liv Plantour, um, Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, those are the, those are the, t- uh, those are the teams with riders in contention. Those yeah, are, t- those yeah. are the big teams who should be attacking. But every other team who hasn't shown so far, like, so you've seen like BTC City Ljubljana and Park Hotel Valkenburg and Ale Cipollini trying really hard to get away, but not actually ever managing to have success. But this is their last chance to do it. You've got the sprinters, you've got like, you know, that Ville and Gorishi and Bastianelli and Lotta Lepisto and Yoling Dora are all going to be going out for this too. And bowls have to try and um, rein this in. So this yeah. is your chance. This is the kind of chance to go. So of course it starts with attacks. The first sprint point is 8.5 kilometers, which Armistead eats up the first sprint points for breakfast, extending her lead with Chantal Block in second to stop anyone else getting it, and Yoning Dora in third. So you're like, okay, she's now 11 seconds against it. You know, 11. Yeah, that's yeah. that's another three seconds against everyone. Yeah, yeah. There's an attack which has a little group which has Emma Pooley, Danny King, Jermaine Post, and Vita Heine go away, but they get caught. Mia Radotic gets caught. This is all before 20 kilometres, so tons of actions happened. And at 22k, Marta Bastianelli from Ali Chipolin decides to give it a go. She's chased by Molly Weaver of Live Planter because, hell, why not? Molly, you've been fantastic all throughout the race. Why not be more fantastic? And this little group of... It ends up with a group of eight on the road with Eugenia Bujak from BTC, Yannicka Ensing from Park Hotel, Ellen, which is interesting, Eleanor Cicchini from Canyon Shram, Lauren Kitchen from High Tech, Lotta Lepisto from Cervello, Bastianelli and Lauren Rowney from Orica. And out of that, the only GC threat is Molly Weaver, who's on 145. Right. And it's a fascinating group because you've got Bastianelli and Lepisto, a great sprinters with Cicchini also having a very very fast finish um you've got Lauren Kitchen who's like a fantastic classicsy rider and of course yep. Cicchini is an amazing classics rider Boo Jack's a kind of time trialy climber Molly Weaver's a kind of all-roundly domestique type but with a climbing climbing things and Lauren Roney who quickly falls off the back of the bunch is you know um not there sorry Lauren so they attack they go 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 and they get their gap up to over four minutes and at this point Molly Weaver is the virtual race leader Wow. Then their gap goes up to something like four minutes 50, which means not only is Weaver leading, but Eugenia Bujak is virtually in the second place <laughs> on the podium. <laughs> and and about now the chase starts? like. <laughs> yeah. The, the interesting thing is, is you kind of hear about Rabo Lib doing a lot of the chasing because here's the problem. Oh, and halfway through the stage, poor Lisa Bernauer abandons. So Canyon uh, are now down to Canyon. Don't have anyone else really up there in G in the GC contention. It's now going to be all about Hannah Barnes or Eleanor Cicchini. They're both in the same team. Um, sorry, did I say Hannah Barnes? Sorry, I meant Eleanor Cicchini, not Hannah Barnes. Sorry. Um, or in, in the front leading and, you know, can Hannah Barnes win it from this big bunch sprint? Because you've got a really interesting thing where, Bastianelli is a great sprinter. Cicchini is a great sprinter, but they've both but 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 they've both got you know team they've both got good sprinting teammates behind them. Yeah. Molly Weaver's um, obviously leading the GC virtually, but she's got Leah Kirchman behind her. But so you've got this interesting thing where you know that balls will chase to a point, but that point will be 
once they get down past one minute and forty five one minute and thirty five seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and after that, so you've got you're kinda of like, this is interesting. So you're like there's so much work being done on the front by um like almost too much I was thinking, like, why the hell is Rabo doing all the work? But then if no one else is doing it, what's going on? So Rabo is poor and it's only Anuska Costa and, and Roxana Knutson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're kind of like getting crazy, you know, getting closer and closer. And at, 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 it kind of drops down to um, about so at 17K to go. It's it's one minute, under one minute. And that's Balls' job done. They don't care. Right, right. And it's coming down. It's that typical thing, 10K to go, one minute and 12, 4K to go, 42, 40 seconds. You know, the last, and, and it's like they, they're, kind of, they're kind of getting there, getting there closer and closer and closer. Of course, sprints don't, of course, breakaways don't have a good tradition in this race. Yeah. Except for they win, they get to the end together. They make it all the way, and they they get there. Lotta Lapisto wins. Bastianelli second. Ella Lechikini third. Lauren Kitchen fourth. The breaks there. Leah Kirchman brings the pack over the line at fifteen at fifteen seconds behind. Lizzie Armitstead has won the Aviva Women's Tour. Wow. Bam bam bam. Wow. <laughs> Balls Red Balls Dolmans have now won. Eight out of the ten women's world tour events. That's amazing. But isn't it also like I mean that's a that's a really amazing achievement. And you know, give that a moment. But also, just even within the context of this race, like when you were saying earlier, you know that there's been a lot of work and they've changed the structure of the the race um, this year from the first two years and stuff. I mean, that's it. Like it was known for breakaways don't really succeed here, and and we've had multiple breakaways succeed this year. So yeah. I'm and, I'm really and... excited to see the evolution of this race because for me this was five stages of of fantastic racing, um and and just real, you know, short of a pure climbing stage, which I, I acknowledge is difficult to get, um in this particular race, but um had everything that I would want to see in a in a stage race narrative. You know. Yeah, and and so many teams contesting as well, like yeah, so many yeah. teams contesting. It could have gone any way because yep. you know when when um you know you're you're sitting there and you're going okay so, uh, there's riders who like so, the the, the in, and and balls rode it so well. I I keep saying this, but I would expect me to be bored of balls winning by now. Yeah. I would expect me to be saying Bulls Dolman's yeah, winning. Well, like if, if someone just gave you the straight numbers and said, well, they win eight of the first 10 events on the world, you'd just be like, oh, fuck's sake. But the thing is, it, it's not like they haven't won easily and they have always won in interesting ways. And, yeah. and it's yes. been multiple riders. So yes, yes, me, and that, it's been, that ticks everything I need, you know. Yeah, and it's been and they've fought really hard for it, and they've won them really cleverly, and yep. they've and it's been really interesting. It's been exciting right up to the wire, and so you know, and, and it's, and it's competitive like, racing. I mean, even even on the final GC, you look, um, you know, from from first to third is thirteen seconds, you yeah. know, like like I, over a five stage race that's a, that's a good margin that's a nice tight margin that's a that's a one thing happening different in one stage could have changed that whole result you know yeah 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 so Arnett said wins Milwan Passio's second Longo Borghini's third uh, Katie Hall wins the Queen of the Mountains jersey I really liked that I mean the Queen of the Mountains on the one hand it's the kind of thing that the big teams don't care about yeah if they've got it they'll fight for it but sure. they're not gonna but they're not gonna go for it but 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 UHC they knew they didn't have a rider who could win 
the overall. They rode a very clever race. You know, they they yep. they basically and they tried. Katie Hall tried. She was out in those breaks. She was out in those attacks. Yeah, it's a nice thing. Yeah, but everything she needed to to hold on to that, and it's it's a nice way to get her and her team out there in the race and and noticed. Yeah. yeah. Fletcher Mackay won the best young rider jersey. Um, there was a little bit of drama because um, Amelia Fourline did put up a tweet saying, um, uh, you know, that, that that she'd seen Fletcher Mackay be sticky bottled back to the back to the bunch. Oh, the right, so, right. Mm, yeah, mm. okay. A little um, bit of drama. More drama. When you read the when you read the communiques, I was slightly surprised that Jermaine Post, Post had been um, fined. Uh, for, uh, 50 uh, Swiss francs for unseemly behaviour urinating in public. Ah, oh, right, that old chestnut. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, so, so yeah, no, it was just fantastic. Marianne Voss you know, wins the... Sometimes you just really got to go and it's worth it, you know? Well, what I was saying, is this a normal thing? And they're saying, well, you only get fined if you're doing it as she did in a suburban street. But she... Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, uh, it's but my also... understanding they do tend to, you know, be a bit, give a bit of leeway depending on where you are. And it's most likely to be enforced if there's a higher possibility of a spectator seeing you. Well, and this is where you have the problem with a race like the Aviva Women's Tour, which is completely rammed with spectators almost all the way round. Yeah. Because, because the problem is, is that you're... Um... Well, there's not always a convenient country ditch nearby, shall we say? So that, that yeah. have a, and we had this problem last year when I was in the car when the driver of the car needed to go to the loo, and we just could not find a place yeah. where we couldn't find a place that didn't have schooled kids, yeah. <laughs> and it took an entire office, a bike club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we've been going on for ages and ages, haven't we? Um, I know we've been going for ages, and we've only talked about one race. So, um, look, there's been a couple of other races going on this week. Let's just quickly let's just quickly bounce through them. Um, so, on, on the topic of stage racing, uh, we had the Gerard Del Trentino, um, Alto, Alto DJ Sutirol. Sutirol, yeah. Tyrolean in some Tyrolean mountains. Um, so, of course, like the big. Guns are at the Aviva Women's Tour, but you know I say this before. I like having more than one race at the same time. I think it's I think it's good, and it was yeah. a little bit it was a little bit dominated by one team, really, wasn't? It? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it was it's a it's a three stage race, like a, a stage one and then a two A and two B. So um, I don't know a lot about what happened, but just quickly, um, first stage was. Um, won by Talita de Jong um, with writing for Rabo Live. No, um, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, hang no, on. What? No, it wasn't. Stage one was run by was won by Kasia Niodoma of Rabo Live. Oh, it was too. I'm looking at the wrong stage. That's, oh, that's so. That's so Kasia Niodoma won solo um, ahead of a little group of five, which included Claudia Lichtenberg. But in yep. second was Soraya Paladin, and third was Edwige Patel. Yep. Um, yep. So stage one was won by uh, Kasia Niodoma solo. Yep. I am a big fan of Kasia Niodoma. Um, Absolutely. Just continuing the Rabo theme, stage two was a TTT. Yep. One ride by one by Rabo live with um Claudia Lichtenberg's uh Lotto, Lotto Sudal second and Soraya Paladin's t- uh, top girls Fasa Botolo in third. Yeah, which did change the GC around slightly because it put Claudia Lichtenberg into second, um, but mm. four seconds further adrift of Cash and Yodoma. And then two yep. B was won by Talita de Jong for Rabo yeah. Live. Um and, and- 
So everything was won by Rabo Live um, with Kasha. That was a bunch sprint of about 22, which included Kasha. <laughs> yep. So Kasha, uh, basically the GC did, you know, didn't really change from um, the morning. Kasha, then Claudia, then Soraya Paladin in third. So, yeah. Fun racing, fun racing and hilly racing. And I've got to say, while I really, really enjoy watching Kasha Nuadoma race in Rabo Live, I'm very excited to see her racing for herself in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It will be it will be very exciting. Um, yeah. Speaking of, of stage racing, um, the North Star Grand Prix was on in Sarah's favourite Canadian state of, of Minnesota. Um, no, I know. I know. Minnesota is by Canada, though, isn't it? I thought it was a Midwest. I thought it was like in the it's middle. It's a of Midwestern the state, but it, it it's not part of Canada. It's America. No, I never it's, thought it was in Canada. You did. Was... You did. You did. Do you, I mean, do, oh. do you want Sword Panda to bring out the map again? Because because she will. I mean, you know. Well, I thought it was the, anyway. So the it was so it's kind of an interesting thing because it starts off with a TT, it has a load of crits. It's it's not a UCI race, but it's really good fun, yeah. really good video. It's, it had live stages. It's really really good fun and um also um one of the one of the organizers a good friend of ours, Chris Rivera, who has done a lot for women's cycling in all sorts of ways, but um you know, is a is a big supporter of the the sport and has worked very hard to help make sure that the women's race stays part of the the program. And um, yeah, and it had our dear friend Clara Beard doing the social media for the women's race and yep. writing up the race reports on their website. So starts off with a TT. Brianna Waller of Tipco wins one second ahead of her t- her Tipco teammate Lawrence Stevens with um, Aussie Loretta Hansen in the third place. Yep, uh, Colavita Bianchi. Yeah. Um, stage two. It was a it was the crit in St Paul's, and it was it was actually called off because there were yeah. two major crashes. Um, Two, so they two crashes of... on a 1.2 kilometer circuit um, yeah. in two laps. So um, yeah. both crashes were apparently quite bad, and it was just decided that it was much safer to nullify the the stage. And um, you know, yeah, yeah. And it was um, it was and and there's a really good quote from Brianna Waller saying, uh, "Yeah, we all the riders, we most of the riders completely agreed with them for 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 you know for calling for calling off the stage because it was it was just so much nerve. It was so nerves. Yeah. That it was just a good decision to to to, to quit it. So you know, um, bad for the race, but good for how they handled. It, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stage three was the Cannon Falls Road Race, which Corinne Rivera won. Um, uh, one on the big bunch sprint, Corinna Rivera won ahead of Kimberly Wells from Colavita, another Aussie, yep. and Eric Alla. Yeah, so apparently it was a pretty close sprint, like only a bike length um, in yeah. it. So, you know, um, quite good. And um, very nice to see two Aussies for Colavita doing all right. Yep. yep. Next stage was the Minneapolis Crit, which was won by Skylar Schneider of IS Corp, um, ahead of Corin Rivera and the second Schneider sister, Samantha Schneider, in third place. Hurrah for the Schneider sisters! Yeah. So yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, and then we get to um, stage five, um, which was won by Joelle Numainville for North Memorial Healthcare. Yes, um, Joelle Newmanville, um, of course, is a fantastic, super strong, um, super strong kind of. She's a kind of tough, 
tough sprinter if that makes any sense mm. um she's she's really she's she's really she's really she's a really you know really strong rider and also kind of been putting her marker down for the uh yeah. place and she rides for Cervelo Bigler but of course she's racing for a different team in there in, and she was 10 race. seconds and, and she was 10 seconds ahead of Sam Schneider um and Corin Rivera yeah who were chasing like crazy and didn't quite get her so um well done Joel to Joel to to hold them off there and then that left us with an overall win. No, one more, to, one more thing, because we have the Stillwater Crit. Oh, another yes, crit. yes, sorry, the Stillwater Crit, yes. Stillwater Crit, which was won by Ellen Noble, who um, cyclocross fans should recognise her as a cyclocross rider, with, he- with Heather Fisher from Rally Cycling in second place and Brianna Waller from Tipco in third. They kind of came to the line together, but with gaps, which overall meant that Brianna Waller won the overall race. Oh wow! Well, congrats, Brianna. Um... Laura, Loretta Hansen second on forty seconds back, um, yep. with Corin Rivera third. So you know Heather Fisher fourth and Sam Schneider fifth. Nice, nice. So some quality quality stage racing out of the US as well. Um, and while we're speaking of stage racing, um, I. We're going to, I guess, start to get into it seriously next week, aren't we? Because it's only just over a week till the Giro starts. Yeah, next year we'll do our Giro Rosa um, uh, a preview. The Giro is the only women's grand tour. It's it's fantastic. It's an amazing race. It has everything Italian racing brings you. Kind of lunacy, amazing mountains, lovely things. Is you know, yeah. it's just it's just great. So. so and and also this year is going to be, I mean, it's always a really interesting race, but one of the things I think that is going to make this year super interesting is that there are several um, riders of note and in some cases entire teams who aren't going to be contesting the Giro because they've decided to put their focus on the Olympics. So the race is possibly a bit more open um, than, than we might normally expect it to be. And... Well, it's also going to be interesting because... because... Uh, it's 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 um how to put it uh, because Anna van der Breggen obviously crashed out of yeah. the uh, it's cra- so you know van van der Breggen's night who's who should be defending her um yeah uh, defending her, her, her title her, yeah so yeah it's interesting Just tons more to talk about but I think we'll leave it to next week there's drama well, because the we've just heard that. Well, we've heard that Danny King hasn't been selected for the Olympic team, which may or may not come as a surprise. It was a, it's a surprise in terms of her riding. It's not a surprise because you know British cycling um, drama in the American camp as well. Um, when the t- are they currently in the lawyer in the lawyer battle stage of their Olympic selection? Um, and if you want to share anything about women's cycling i've got a p uh, or learn or, or you know with someone who you know who's a newbie to women's cycling or maybe you're a newbie uh, about women's cycling i've got a piece in this month's pro cycling magazine which is everything you've ever wanted to know about women's cycling but were afraid to ask <laughs> and and some things you were afraid to know as well <laughs> yeah um, pro cycling magazine are fantastic they've got fantastic editors and i really really enjoyed them so yeah so it's uh yeah i i um I recommend it. Indeed. Of course I recommend it. Sorry, that's a terrible thing to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah. speaking of things we recommend, I also commend to you um, patreon.com slash women's cycling, which is where you can help support all of the wonderful work that Sarah does on our behalf to uh, source, find, uh, conduct interviews, and and bring us all of these great stories from the world of women's cycling. So, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, it's going to be interesting the next couple of weeks. Mm. So, yeah, um, I hope you like it. Yeah, and uh, thanks for listening. We will catch up with you soon. Excellent. Thank you.